1: Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. You know, we love doing this show for you every single week, but doing the show is not free. So if you enjoy the show, we ask, maybe uh, consider helping us out a bit and supporting it.
2: You can do that by becoming an EPP at realghoststoriesonline.com.
1: EPP means extra podcast person. You get an extra podcast for your support of the show. Every single week, we send you a brand new one.
2: And you get access to our past archive of EPP episodes as well.
1: Right. Now, that's more than 15 bonus episodes along with the weekly episode that you'll be getting every single week for only five bucks a month.
2: If you like the show, help keep us on the air
1: and become an EPP at realghoststoriesonline.com today.
2: And thank you.
3: Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855 853 4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown, and quite possibly, the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online.
1: Today, a teen finds comfort from the loss of a beloved pet in the most peculiar of fashions. There are more patrons in the audience than meet the eye at a notorious theater in New York. And once again, a grandfather who has passed on is up, up to more pranks and scaring grandma. Those stories, your calls, and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hello. Hello, and how are you?
2: I'm good.
1: You just got back from a fun jewelry sale.
2: <laughs> yeah, those jewelry parties are fun.
1: Are, are they? Did you get anything interesting?
2: I got a super long necklace that you can tie in 40 bajillion ways and potentially hang yourself with.
1: Well, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Does it ward off demons? That's the question. Did no. they Did they offer anything that was in the line of warding off demons? No. If you started a jewelry party company where the jewelry was all specifically designed to ward off demons, do you think it would do well?
2: I think probably not because you'd have more people coming back to you saying, this didn't work. Than anything. Although,
1: if, they, if there's not nothing going on in their life, no demons in it. They, are you saying they'd come back and say they're still haunted? And Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's where you upsell them. Well, you didn't get the right one. That's where you need to buy this one, and you just keep upselling till they're... No. <laughs> I don't think it's a little so. a pyramid scheme there. Uh, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in a Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Uh, of course, if you like the show, be sure to tell a friend about it. Share a link on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, pin our show, whatever, uh, whatever you like to use out there. That helps our uh, show grow, and we thank you in advance for doing that ensuring the love and letting other folks know about it, of course. Just uh, sitting down, having the conversation with your loved ones, going... I admit it, I listen to a ghost show, and you should too. That helps us out quite a bit as well. Our friends over in the UK do that. Yeah. Over in, uh, what's the area?
2: Newcastle uh, upon Tyne. Yeah,
1: they're they're all into it. So
2: I wish our cities had cool names like that.
1: Yeah, we just kind of got, you know, go over to Wichtown. H- we can't even call our cities by their proper names half the time. It's no. like Hutchinson, like, go to Hutch. Or Ark City, or, and, and Arkansas City, but uh-huh. but we have to call it Arkansas City or Ark City. It's like I think it's kind of disrespectful to the original naming of the city. You know, it is. Uh, it's the American way. Uh, let's go to a letter. Anonymous writes and hi, I'm writing from a uh, country called Estonia. It sounds like a, I've heard of Estonia before. Uh huh. I'm not sure where it is because I I don't know. Do you know where it is?
2: I knew you were gonna ask. If me. you had
1: to grab a map, could you take a dart and throw it at it and, and hit Estonia? Probably not. Okay, I don't think I could either. Continuing on, it says I recently discovered your show on YouTube it was instantly hooked. I'm gonna you're gonna Google Estonia?
2: I thought I would. I think we should
1: find out where it is. I have always been interested in the paranormal and experienced small things throughout my life. But nothing is amazing as seeing a real ghost with my own eyes. Hope I will someday. The story I'm going to tell you was one of the first times I actually felt a spirit reaching out to me. And it involves our dog. We had a great Dane. She came into my life when I was six. And I got very attached to her. About roughly ten years or so, she got very ill. One night, she died. Within 48 hours, the vet said her samples were very bad and that uh, he was helpless with helping her. I've never cried so much in my life. We buried her on our private little piece of land next to the summer cottage. One summer day, after we had moved in, we were watching TV and I seated myself on her bed. Her dog liked sleeping next to us, but since she was so huge, she'd occasionally move over to the spare bed next to the TV and sleep there. It became her personal space, so we called it hers I suddenly smelled her fur coat and I know this will sound ridiculous but why hide the truth her gas and our beloved dog fart as well it was almost like she was still there on her bed and it was comforting even though it's pretty pathetic to be consoled by a ghostly fart Anyway, I smelled her fur many times later, but it was always near her bed. After some time, my grandfather passed from cancer, and this double loss was a hard hit. Once I was crying in my bed, remembering my childhood, missing them both very much, and went into the kitchen to get something to calm myself down. It was in the midst of the night, still at our cottage, and I was alone with my grandmother, who was sleeping. I poured myself some water when I heard something scratch the wooden door. The sound was so loud that I jumped. I took two cats to have some animals in the house, but it didn't sound like them. This was a heavy scratch made with great force and blunt claws. Still, I wanted to make sure, so I opened the door. There was nobody behind it. It wasn't enough, so I went up the stairs only to find both my cats were sleeping. I think there's some ghost pets going on there. think so. And it's not the first time I've had ghost farts on the show. No. That's actually happened several other times.
2: It has. What yes. was the
1: ghost? There was an episode like...
2: Tangerine farts. Tangerine
1: farts. Yes. Yes, of the dad who would eat the tangerines and then fart the tangerines. What?
2: Whatever gets the message across.
1: Okay, so Estonia?
2: Okay, Estonia is directly south of Finland across ah. part of the ba- Baltic Sea, and it is on the far western border of Russia.
1: Okay, I... I I was pretty sure it was near Russia, but I don't want to say that for sure. So, yeah, we have now officially established where Estonia is. Now the world can rejoice. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening over there and uh, telling us where you're uh, listening from. I love hearing where people are, are catching our show. It's always very, very interesting to hear because you're just sitting here in this little office and just in I, the I don't middle
2: know, of nowhere, Kansas. I'm
1: still amazed, you know, by by this technology we got <laughs> and and where this all goes you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, just the, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, you know, it's one of those things where our kids are not going to be so amazed by it because they grew up with the ability where anyone can just do this. But, you know, we grew up in an era where I was, you know, baffled by the fact that I could go on a radio station and go in a 25 mile radius of my hometown and mm-hmm. reach a lot of cows and cheesemakers, you know, and that was pretty cool. Now it's like oh, to the world. It's
2: just I know. It's neat.
1: I don't know. I'm still... Uh, yeah, I used to broadcast on a CB out of my bedroom. Yeah? A little pirate radio station. Uh, that was... Uh, and uh, that was reaching probably a two or three mile radius because I had this giant antenna that you're supposed to actually attach to your house. But I just have... My, my bedroom is on the top floor and I put it in the corner by the window. And you're not supposed to key a CB radio and never unkey it. Uh-huh. But I thought I was going to do something new and innovative, and I keyed the CB radio, hooked it up to a mixer, and I started playing, like, John Cicada and Celine Dion. I called it Mix 5, because I was broadcasting on CB Channel 5. And eventually, because the only people who were using CB radios in my town were, like, the the people who show up to, like, flea markets for security with the the orange hunting vests on essentially and they're really not that much of security considering a lot of them look like they they can't run or or physically can't walk um, I forgot what it's like the alert team or something is what it was called <laughs> it was like it was like rent a cop but really bad rent a cops. okay but they all use CBs to communicate okay so I'm keying this thing for about oh a good half hour I go look out the front window and there's one of their vehicles which is like a rusty old station wagon with forty-two antennas on top,
2: uh-huh.
1: trying to figure out where the signal is coming from, <laughs> because they could tell by signal strength, uh-huh. general area, but because there was no antenna on the house, they could only narrow it down to neighborhood.
2: So, do you stop?
1: I unkeyed it and I started listening in. I was like, "Yeah, we think we know it's in this general. It's either this white house or this blue house." I'm like, oh shit. I better just stop before... Because they have nothing better to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I used to do for fun. Wow.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, yes. 8-5... Does anyone use a CBN? Do truckers use CBs anymore? Is that still common? Or is, is there a better form of communication these I don't days.
2: honestly know I automatically think of truckers with CBs I
1: know there's we have a lot of truckers who are listeners to the show yeah so I'm, they, they can let us know if there's if CB is still the thing to use or if there's a more advanced technology that exists now because I just don't know I don't know know either. either. 855-853-4802 is our number. Essie writes in, hi, Tony and Jenny. I had quite a few stories, just like most people who write to you. So I'll start with the first good one. When I was in high school, I had the chance to be in the pit orchestra for my school's version of Beauty and the Beast. Being in the pit, you don't get to see anything that happens on stage. So one day during rehearsal, my best friend and I snuck up to the balcony of this old theater near the school that we use. We lie down on the balcony floor watching what was our only chance to see the play. We were engrossed and all of a sudden we hear the large metal door slam and two little girls laughing and running. My friend and I looked at each other and ran up and out to go see who was messing around. We were right behind the little girls, but when we opened the door and looked out into the foyer foyer, we didn't see anyone. Is it foyer or foyer? I think It it's...
2: depends on what part of the country you're in. Really? Mm-hmm.
1: I, I used to say foyer up north, uh-huh. but I believe the more technical term is foyer.
2: Yeah, but you hear anything. Anything goes. Even on the home improvement shows, anything goes. Really? hmm
1: The foyer. I'm going to call it the foyer. <laughs> okay, you do that. <laughs> Sometimes the directors would bring their little kids to sit through rehearsals, but none of them were there. My friend and I didn't say anything, and I just shrugged it off as creepy. A few days later, we were on stage with a few cast members of the musical, and we asked why they always had a single light without a lampshade on stage at all times. One kid explained the old folklore that it's for luck, and it keeps the spirits at bay. He said that, that the uh, Reg Lene uh, has an old history of ghosts. Is that the name of the theater? It is. Okay. Back in the early 1900s, there were apartments next to the theater, and they caught fire along with the theater. The two little girls died. Jokingly said, sometimes you can hear them play and laugh aloud. My friend and I just looked at each other and didn't know what else to say. It's a short one, but one I will never forget.
2: Okay, so I looked up the theater. It's a pretty famous theater. Mm -hmm. And a lot of different acts have been through there. It's big. But I couldn't find anything on the fire. Not saying that it didn't happen. It was hard to find anything there, but they do actual ghost tours of that theater because it is so active. That's neat. Yeah. That'd
1: be a fun one to check out sometime.
2: Yeah, I'll I get, thought so. If anyone
1: has any photos of that theater, that'd be fun to uh, to post up maybe in our gallery or something. Oh,
2: they're all over Google. Oh, really? Yeah, that I saw all kinds of pictures.
1: I was going to Google that. Okay. I'm going to find some and I'm going to find a, I'm going to a little gallery, a little page up of haunted theater pictures. Yeah. That'd be fun.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. a pretty theater. There's
1: a project for the week. Uh, 855-853-4802. That's our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, let's go to another caller. Uh, let's do this one
4: right here.
1: Hi. Hey, Tony and Jenny. This is Tim Curry.
4: I'm calling from California. I'm uh, here, here in the Central Valley. And I just wanted to tell a story about... Well, eventually my mom, she passed away this past year, back in February. But she's always has been a, a very sensitive person, if you will. So back around 1995, my brother moved from San Jose out to Tracy, which is in the Central Valley, about 65 miles from San Jose. A few years later, um, in 1998, actually, I moved out too. So we bought a house out there. And actually, 1999, the next year, my mother looked out. So for a short time, she stayed with my brother at his house. And that was working okay, but she, being an independent spirit that she was, she wanted to get her own place. So we uh, switched around over there, and we eventually found her a nice duplex off of the, uh, the, the main street there in Tracy. So we got this duplex, and as we were talking to... Mike, who is actually the uh, owner of the duplex, who lived in the unit right next to her, he told her, well, one thing you should be aware of is the last person that lived there. He actually committed suicide in one of the back rooms, so I just want you to know that in case that kind of thing bothers you. And my mother being the uh, crazy person she was, it doesn't bother me at all, so I, I don't care. But she had been there. We got her moved in. She'd been there. I guess a few months, and then she would mention, yeah, I saw French last night. French, she was French. Well, French is the one that used to live here. <laughs> the, the one who committed suicide in the back room by actually hanging himself. So I said, well, did that bother you at all? She says, no, you know, basically, I told French, you don't mess with me, I won't mess with him, we can just get along fine. She would say that there's lots of times when she would be asleep and she would hear him walking around. uh She would see his shadow projecting in the corners and things like that. But it never, never bothered her. It, it, it was never a problem. She figured that he was just there because he had a untimely demise, and, and frankly, he they got along that way. Now there were actually times that she said that. Uh, French would come by and he would make a noise or whatever or make a sound and she would just say to him, all right, French, I know you're there. And like, granted, his name wasn't French, but that's just what she chose to call him French. That was her name for him. Which I thought was, again, quirky and just part of my mother's personality. So do I believe that she actually saw French? Yes, I, I, I do believe that there was an entity within that place. And there, there were times when we were visiting that you could actually feel French. And as he was there, you can feel him. And again, it wasn't necessarily a malevolent or an a, a evil presence. It was just a presence. So anyway, I, I, I kind of wanted to give a little bit of background on that, just to, to give you an idea of where my mother was in terms of awareness and sensitivity and things like that. Kind of where we all are. And I, I think that all of us have tended to pick up things. Interestingly, uh, over the past holiday we had been uh, sitting there at, at Christmas Eve remembering the past year and, and the conversation felt to my mother again and several of my my nieces and my daughter also mentioned that my mother had come to them in, in dreams uh, telling them basically I'm okay I'm fine and don't worry about me you get to go ahead and live your life and, and do good things you know that's just what she had told them in the dreams which is you know, it, it was encouraging for all of them to hear that because it was a it was a sudden loss when she passed back with the door. So it, it was it was good for her to come back and share with him just as French had shared with her that he was essentially okay and he was still a presence. Uh, but she came back to uh, my nieces in their in their sleep and gave them an encouraging message, which basically leads me up to the reason I called today. But I just again I wanted to give you some background. When she had passed back in February, uh, she had left her place and we had to go through and basically separate all of her items, all of her clothing, all of her things of values that we had to split those up as we were. And we also had to go through her papers, her, her value papers to decide uh, You know, essentially how we're going to manage the, uh, her, her retirement, social security, all those types of things. So because she had been a pack rat throughout her life, she basically had kept everything that she had ever came into contact with. So we essentially decided to split that up into different portions or piles, and we were all going to go through our individual sections. So fast forward to the portion which I had, you know, quite frankly, I, I had a hard time going through it. And, you know, especially back then, so I kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off, especially which portions that I had to go through. I would start and I would stop, start and stop, and eventually I ended up putting it on the, the back patio and covering it up with a tarp. It was a small pile, maybe about three inches tall. I'm sorry, about three feet tall. It was all kind of stuff of hers, boxes and everything else. And I covered it up with the tarp, and I made sure that the tarp wouldn't blow away. so It was, it was weighted on the bottom on the top and on the bottom. So think of it as a mound, if you will, with weights on the bottom, okay? Uh, and another thing that I should mention is that I am a, uh, a bike cyclist. I ride bikes and I use bikes for a commute. So in that sense, I've always bought these little flashlights or LED flashlights. And I had one LED flashlight on that was on my patio with all the other stuff that hadn't worked for years, meaning that the battery had died years and years ago. And I just hadn't gotten around to throwing it away because maybe there's a little bit of pack in me too. At any rate, that was on the patio next to her pile of stuff. One evening, I was in the room here on the computer and my wife came back to me and said, did you see that? And was, did I see what? She says, on the patio. Let me explain. We live on the second floor. There, there is no, There's no foot traffic on the patio behind us because we are on the second floor. She says, I just saw someone walk by on the patio. And then I went to the patio and looked and the tarp slowly floated back down on the top of the pile of her stuff. So by the time I got there, I went to go and look and see what she was talking about. I noticed that the LED bike light, the commuter bike light was flashing right next to the pile of stuff that I had on the patio that was kind of surprising. So to my mind, that was my mother telling me, Tim, go through these papers. You need to go through these and stop putting it off. You let me to call Cal Perth, stop putting this off. That being said, I went through and found a kind of lot of really interesting papers that she had kept for my one nephew stuff from his third grade, his test scores and notes from teachers and, and all kinds of stuff that for my brothers to have the other thing that we had noticed it was her having gone on the patio. With. In the early mornings, I would get up to go run or go ride. it still be in the dark. As I'm getting ready to go, I would see in the corner of my eye. Part of my mother's pack of sadness, if you will, where she collected elephants. They had porcelain elephants. Elephants, they had China elephants. I had noticed that uh, in the corner of my eye, I would see a presence standing there by the elephants. I would turn my head and it would go away when I would say, okay, my dear, I know you're here. The other thing is when we did the separation of all of our stuff over by the Curio that used to keep all of her stuff, we kind of set up, I don't like to call them the shrine, but it was something that she was really proud of when she was here, and she kept all of her fine china china inside of that, so over by there, I would feel her presence also, and I would see her in the corner of my eye, in the dark, in the early mornings when I would first get up. So. It's not that there's anything dramatic that I came to present, or that I wanted to share with you guys, but it's just that I do believe that there are presences that, that, that we all have that extend beyond this corporal life that we live. And I think that, first of all, the example of French, the kid who committed suicide where my mother lives coming back and making himself known to her. I think that that's an example of this living beyond our physical body and also the examples that I've given you of my mother actually coming back and and talking to us and sharing with us and giving instructions and encouragement to us is just further proof that these things really do happen. And it's not just me who are seeing this but it's the entire community that you guys have tapped into with your real ghost stories online. So I just wanted to share that with you and I appreciate what you guys are doing. Thanks for the good work and God bless.
2: Well, thank you for the call. And I think that that, you know, I think that's probably how most of us that listen to the show or or do the show think, you know, Mm -hmm. we we pretty well operate on a, not if there's something out there, but we just kind of operate on the mindset of, okay, there's something out there. We just kind of go from that point forward where a lot of shows are all about, is there something or is there not something? So I agree that, you know, there is essentially kind of a life after death, whether it's being a ghost or going on and then coming back, whatever you believe in, I think there is something going on.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's part of it is the fact that it's one thing to, you know, believe in one area, but that's that's the the intriguing part is to not really know exactly what is going to happen Mm -hmm. over at, at the other side. And I think it all exists. You know, all these, you know, different belief systems of either you go to heaven or hell or whatever, and ghosts. I I think there's elements of all of those things that exist out there. I I don't think there's one... I think there's a lot more gray area than meets the eye.
2: Yeah.
1: That's how I feel about it, just with all of the stories that you hear and we hear and Um, I think there's just so much, you don't know what's going to happen, and it's a a lot of this show is about, okay, not so much, it's a lot of who and what are these people, or these entities? Are they people? That's usually kind of, we kind of go down the route of, uh, was this a person? Was this a human at one point in time? Or was this something that never walked the earth? Yeah. And then you start going down those paths of what were these things. It seems to be kind of the, the dividing point when we start defining it. We know they're paranormal and they're out there. It's just who are they? What are they? And then, you know, who are they?
2: And what can they do and what exactly. can they not do?
1: It's, uh, it's a very obviously interesting topic that we've uh, been on here for uh, nearly 200 episodes <laughs> and still now have uh, more questions than answers. So yeah. let's continue on another 1,000er show so, and uh, see if we can figure that out. That sounds good. <laughs> It'll never happen. We'll never figure it out. We'll hit 1,000 shows. Yeah. We'll just never figure out what yeah. the hell happened. Uh, let's do the caller. Hi. Hi,
5: Jenny and Tony. This is Kathy in New Jersey. Um, You read my story about my dad calling from um, the hospital, and I really appreciate it. It was beautiful. Um, My kids were excited, too, to hear it. Um, This is very short, but I just wanted to report to you uh, something that just happened, which was something that happened to another listener earlier. I was listening to a podcast on my iPad, and randomly Siri came on, And somebody said, hello. I can't explain it. I wasn't anywhere near it. It was already in the middle of a podcast. And um, Siri interrupted and said, hello. And it was typed on the screen, hello. So I said, hello. And I turned Siri off. My podcast came back on. And weird. Can't explain it. Okay. um, Happy New Year. And Merry Christmas. And um, thank you so much for your show. I'm an EPP now. And um, love your show.
1: Thank you for uh, supporting the show, and thank you for uh, calling in and uh, and sharing that follow up, and uh, of course writing in and sharing your your story with us uh, of your father. Um, it's interesting where you know we're seeing more and more of this with you know the Surrey type things popping up. It makes total sense. I mean, there are the devices out there that are designed to try and get ghosts to communicate. Um, and, and either interpret words or things like that. I suppose you know these devices; they just didn't exist many years ago. So we're we're at the very beginning of them being used by the other side to communicate with.
2: Yeah, and it's funny because I mean, for those of us who have iPhones, you have to hold that button down, yeah. for a little bit to get Siri to activate. So uh,
1: there's no way just to get her to pop up and start talking without
2: right. So something's triggering. having to do that.
1: Yeah. Very interesting. I think we're going to hear more and more of that in the coming years. Just as there's, I'm surprised there's not more texts from beyond. Yeah. But that would be, I think, that may be a little more tricky. There's a couple steps involved there to get a text out. Surrey is just more of, I think, an immediate
2: uh-huh.
1: response type thing. Um, So I I think we're going to see more of those sort of things popping up. I don't know. Uh, 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call on the Real Ghost Stories Online. Emma writes in, first and foremost, I want to congratulate you on having such a fantastic radio show. I always look forward to it. Now, this isn't your typical ghost story. Also, it didn't happen to me. It happened to my mom. I'm a first-generation American, which means my parents moved to the U.S. a few decades ago. Through the years, it's always been the three of us. There were some years when I would spend the summers with my grandmother back in their native country. In a way, my grandmother also helped raise me. She exposed me to culture so unlike the one I'd grown up grown accustomed to. While she was not aggressively affectionate, she was a second motherly figure. Years passed and grandma's health deteriorated. She was diagnosed with diabetes and suffered from a fall which resulted in a broken hip. Two years ago, we got the call, one we have been dreading. Grandma had died. My mother was devastated. She wasn't there during Grandma's final moments. I did not cry. I tried, but I couldn't. I suppose I'd uh, resigned myself months before to her dying. I must confess that I was a very angry teenager. I struggled with emotions foreign to me and often resorted to self-harm. Up until that point, I managed to keep it hidden from my parents. Even when I displayed bouts of anger, they did their best to give me some space. However, one morning, a few months after grandma's death, my mom shook me awake. She said she saw grandma. What do you mean? I asked. She then recounted what she'd seen. She saw grandma in a dream. They were in a strange place, not one she'd seen before, and she sensed Grandma's presence even before she saw her. Now, this is where things get weird. Grandma was crying. She was crouching and covering her face. Mom approached her, careful not to startle her. When she was a few yards away, she heard Grandma mutter, Please tell her to stop hurting yourself. She needs to stop hurting herself. Help her. The her she was referring to was me. If you remember, I turned to self-harm, and my parents had no knowledge of it. My mom jolted awake at the strangeness of it all. Alarmed, she forced me to show her where I'd hurt myself. She saw I was badly scarred and blood drained from her face. What she'd seen in her dream was real. It wasn't just a dream, it was an apparition. Mind you, this was a hot summer morning, but in that moment I could feel the temperature in the room dropping, and that wasn't all. I also felt watched. I knew that we were not alone. Grandma had intervened from the other side. I've heard that when our loved ones die, they never truly leave our side. They guide us through life and warn us of danger. But I've also heard that demonic entities can visit us in the guise of a dead loved one. While the presence in the dream wasn't malevolent, it did manage to scare us shitless. Soon after my mom found out what I'd been doing, I stopped. My mom hasn't dreamed of Grandma since nice to hear your thoughts, Tony, and keep up the good work. Thanks, Emma.
2: Well, you can't argue with a the dream. The undead. Well, you can't argue with a dream that turns out to relay a message that nobody else knows. Sure. That's obviously a paranormal dream. And I think that would scare me enough to stop doing whatever I'm doing, knowing that grandma's watching.
1: If your dead relatives are coming back to tell you to stop doing something, you should probably stop doing something. Yeah, That's just kind of the rule of thumb.
2: That's the rule. Your mom tells you something. Yeah.
1: Dad tells you something. Yeah. Dead grandma shows up. Okay. You got me.
2: Yeah, definitely. just
1: how it works. (laughs) 855-853-4802. That's our number. Uh, Sikina writes in. Hi, Tony and Jenny. I would like to share my story about something that happened to me when I was about five or six years old. This occurred in my grandfather's house where I grew up. It was a late school night and my mom was at work. My older sister, younger brother, and I took advantage of this to stay up late and were painting in the last room on the top floor. The house uh, where we were in was 80 to 90 years old at the time, so the bedrooms had a weird layout. I think you'd call it a train room where you'd have to pass through a bedroom to get to the other bedroom. So, on this particular night, my sister, brother, and I were painting in the last room when we ran out of water. Wanting to show my older sister that I was big enough to get it on my own, I volunteered to get more water. It was pitch dark, and the only light that was on was the light in the last room. So here I go leaving the room, walking on through the next room to get to the hallway and then to the bathroom. As I approach the doorway to the hallway, I see this figure floating with his black dress with roses on it. I'm frozen in fear. Staring at this figure, I don't see a head or any arms or legs, but I can see the shape of a person through the dress floating two to three feet in front of me. "'I can see the dress weaving around as it's passing by. "'I drop the cup, run back to the last room hysterical, "'and ask my sister if she saw what I saw. "'She said yes, and you can see the shock on her face. "'Years after, I thought about this story "'and assumed it was a dream or something that I'd imagined. "'Just this year, I asked my sister about this "'and asked her if she remembered what had happened, "'and she confirmed with me that she did. "'Needless to say, We all stayed in that room until my mom came home. Thank you for reading my story. I have plenty more to share, but I'll save those for next time.
2: There's no way I'd be coming out of that room till my parents got home either.
1: (laughs) I'd be finding blankets to cover myself in as well. Yeah. That'd be a very, uh, I, I mean, it's one thing just to experience something like that as an adult. It's another thing to experience it as a child and have your imagination going crazy as well. Because it, it's ten times worse when you're a kid.
2: I don't know if it's possible to have respect for a ghost, but I lose all respect for a ghost that would scare a child when they're home alone with their siblings. What
1: Was it intentionally trying to scare the child? That's the other question. You know, or was it... Because I wonder how many times do we catch ghosts when they really have no intent of scaring us? They're just going about their business and we're catching them in their business?
2: You're probably right. I just... I figured... I would always look at it from a standpoint, am I going to scare somebody if they see me? They're probably not thinking (laughs) You're the very self- I'm the worry wart ghost.
1: I'm the pudding poltergeist ghost. Nice to meet you. I'm flinging pudding at everybody.
2: Uh, Let's go to call uh, Lauren in Ohio.
1: Hi. Hi,
6: guys. This is Lauren from Ohio. Um, I just tried to record and I got cut off, so I'm going to try again. Um, I have always been able to see... um, in here paranormal activity every house i've lived in since i was young has um involved paranormal sometimes i wonder if it's just following me or if it's really the houses um i have gone from seeing things in my closet when i was young to seeing my grandparents to um, my deceased grandparents to um living in a house where a man um, murdered his family and hung himself um, in the house to currently I am renting a house in uh, Akron, Ohio. It was built in 1923 and my backyard is a cemetery. So needless to say I have some pretty awesome stories from that house. The one I want to share with you today and I am driving home so if you hear anything that's all it is. Um, I was on my way home from work on the phone with my mother one day and I got home and I'm still on the phone with my mom and I'm changing and, um, we had just got a new thermostat in our new house. So I set it to our temperature. We wanted it to be for the day and it had picked up on its own to uh 72 when I got home and I checked it and I took the dog out and, um, I'm on the phone and I hear, I have um, a Cleveland Browns tin, like can, that sits on my end table, it falls off, and it's across the room, and my dog jumps up, and he is going crazy, growling, and won't go near it, so I walk over, and I pick it up, and as soon as I turn, I see a full apparition of a man standing in the archway of my kitchen, which is right next to the thermostat. And he was wearing like a flannel shirt, an older hat, jeans. I mean I saw him clear as day. I thought there was an intruder. My first thought, I guess with my history, should have been ghost, but it wasn't. And I actually raced out of the house, still on the phone with my mother, uh, screaming. And uh I decided that once I gathered myself and realized it wasn't an intruder I checked the thermostat and the thermostat said it was now at 62 degrees, which means where his apparition was seen right in front of the thermostat, it dropped. So a little bit of proof to my belief that it wasn't an intruder. We have a very small house, he couldn't have gotten far. Um, I always see things walking around my house and I think they are my boyfriend and they're not um, because he'll still be in bed or he will have already left. whatnot and uh, I would love to tell you more about my stories if you wanted to know anything about the other haunted houses I lived in when I was young. I have some awesome stories to my sister and I having the same dream at the same time waking up to an apparition of a man looming over us. I have stories of my little sister as an infant being um, lifted out of her crib and found in the middle of the floor Um anything you would like to know and you guys are great you get me through an eight hour day at work and i can't wait to listen to the new episodes every day and
2: every weekend thanks guys
1: yeah when babies are being lifted out of cribs that's kind of the time where i think i'd be uh house hunting
2: yeah definitely uh, it sounds like um you know i don't know if anything's following them but maybe they're just sensitive and they just have bad luck because If you're living in a house where things have happened, like a murdered family and then the father kills himself after doing that or the house is directly next to a cemetery, I think you're kind of prone to more things happening. So I don't think it's necessarily following them as much as they're having maybe some not good luck on finding places that are less active.
1: Is that what you think? That's what I think. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I suppose you could kind of go on a streak and it's one of those things too where there's a lot of times where people when they are house hunting and going from home to home they look back on it years later once they've gone through hell and back after multiple haunted houses and they, they say you know I was just drawn to that house for some reason you know and everyone kind of gets drawn to the house for whatever reason but sometimes they look back and go there was something different about those homes the feeling I had there versus this other home uh-huh. When it all kind of calms down, so I wonder if there's any of that going on.
2: It's like yeah. it's it's luring them in. Yeah. Okay. Essentially, and I'm not
1: saying that's what's going on, but some I don't know, just something to to be aware of.
2: I can see that.
1: Yeah. Joey writes in. Uh, I was listening to the Christmas Massacre episode, and you guys mentioned the Aurora Theater. I used to work for the company, and I want to give you an update. I know that the auditorium where the shooting happened never closed. The only thing the company did was a full remodel of the building and change the numbering of the theaters and letters. They also made the theater where the shooting had taken place their XD Theater. Uh, Cinemark's version of IMAX Uh, I was in the auditorium the night they uh, reopened uh, to the victims and their families I felt heaviness in the air while I was in there that was pretty much it I'm not sure what it was but uh, it was but I will write in more stories about my experiences in movie theaters when nobody is in the building I don't uh, know why things happen maybe it's uh, what people bring to the theater or what emotions are released while people watch movies thank you guys
2: I don't know if it's me being small minded, but I don't see myself as if I had been a person in that theater or related to somebody who was in that theater going to the grand opening or grand reopening of that particular auditorium to see a movie, not just any movie, but a movie in the IMAX version, which... Typically, those aren't quiet or happy movies. They're pretty action-packed. I don't know what you'd put... In. I, I
1: understand from the business perspective of them going and... Okay, let's rename the theater letters and numbers. Uh-huh. I mean, it's... I mean, ideally, you know, it'd be great just to shut the room off and not do anything. That's what, from a human perspective, you should do. Now, in the world of business, uh, good luck getting a company to do that. Um, so... I respect that they kind of changed things up a bit. Yeah. But I don't... It was probably with good intent to have movie nights and invite the families in. I, I don't... Uh, probably misplaced intent in my opinion i don't i mean i i I couldn't show up i would be interested to know what number of people showed up i could see going and maybe having a a memorial service or something maybe Mm -hmm. that's was it really a movie night they had did they show like a movie or was it more like a service
2: i don't know i don't know from from the message we got i got that it was a movie night but i'm not positive that that was what know. it was meant. But and, and you know, honestly that may have been a time for some of those victims to possibly get some closure if that's possible with that sure. type of situation. I just don't think I could have gone no. back and what do you show? I mean I what is the appropriate thing to show? I
1: don't that's why I wonder. That's why when it, was it a movie night or was it more of a
2: a rededication, yeah,
1: like a rededication, you know, and a ceremony of some sort. That that would be the appropriate thing. I'm I'm hoping they didn't like bust out like
2: uh, don't Top
1: Gun or something, don't go you know. There. That would you know that would I, I don't think they would. That would be horrible. Um, but uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I I, I would just I, I could never enter that theater again.
2: I couldn't either.
1: If I lived in that community, I wonder how it's doing. I mean, I'm, I'm you know I'm kind of curious. I wonder if that's just kind of like nobody goes there. Or I don't know. I should ask. I have family who live in that area,
2: and I wouldn't wish that upon no on the theater. God, no. But I just I and that's just probably just how I personally well, wouldn't be it able. to It wasn't the
1: theater's that. fault. It was, no, it
2: wasn't at all. But, and I don't wish any ill will towards the theater. I just am curious about how there's gonna that be a lot went. of
1: energy there. Yeah. be be one of those places where you know it it is so recent uh, so you know i don't want to sound distasteful by any means about any of this but it's one of those places where i wonder if if you were to walk in there not knowing or having knowledge of what happened there if you would feel the energy with no one telling you anything of what happened if you could just feel that there
2: i'm sure a certain amount of people probably could
1: sure sure i mean it's just such a tragic sudden thing that's those are the type of places that tend to have a lot of that energy mm-hmm. you know? 855-853-4802 is a phone number here at real ghost stories online kate writes in hey jenny and tony it's kate from the lab again you recently read my story about my grandpa hiding the pictures of a dog in the christmas tree box on the air do you remember that hiding picture yes yes <laughs> yes i do remember that and I have to say that it was really cool to hear someone else tell my story. Thank you. Also, Jenny, the story you wrote for the Christmas episode was really amazing. Keep writing and reading them on the air. Your pretty Southern accent really made the story come alive.
2: It was exaggerated for the story, but thank you.
1: And with that, I'm going to use a pretty Southern accent for the rest of this letter. Now, on to uh, another you... story about Grandpa hiding. Th- <laughs> I can't do it well. You're well. an ass. I can't do it good. You do it, but you do it naturally.
2: I just take what I have and exaggerate it.
1: See, I'm really horrible at doing accents. Uh Uh-huh. Or uh, of any sort. I noticed. Anytime anyone's ever asked me for, like, a voiceover purpose, like, do an accent of this. Like, it's going to sound like a bad cartoon.
2: Yeah, kind of. It
1: just will. So if you want a bad cartoon version of anything, I'm your man. If you want, like, it to be semi-real, uh-uh. I'm just i not good at that. Continuing on. Now, on to another story of my grandpa hiding things from my grandma. Once again, something went missing. This time, it was a uh, a mantle scarf, which is basically a long doily you drape on your mantle for decoration. This particular one had snowmen on it and was only displayed for the Christmas season. As normal, it got packed away with the decorations in January for the next year. Only the next year, Graham couldn't find the mantle scarf. She hunted all over the house in all of the boxes of decorations to no avail, and of course we joked that Pap hid it in the tree box. Time passed, and she had forgotten about the scarf until summer a few years later. She asked my mom and me to come over to remove the dust cover on her box spring and mattress and put on a new one. This involves moving her bed away from the wall and taking it apart and putting it back together in her tiny bedroom, which she simply cannot do. So all three of us are in the bedroom, shuffling around, and as we lift the box spring off of the frame, you can see what's under her bed. A few shoeboxes and neatly folded in the middle of the floor, the snowman mantle scarf. You can say she put that there mistakenly, but I know my gram can't get on her hands and knees anymore, and she certainly can't move her bed, so why would she? As uh, as I said in my last story, no one in my family would play a prank on her. Is it my grandpa? I guess we'll never know for sure until our time comes, but I'd like to believe it's him letting us know he's watching over us. I have a couple more hide-and-seek stories and quite a few more from when I worked with the elderly at a home and a few other paranormal stories that I'm excited to share with you. And the listeners, keep up the great work and keep those spooky stories coming.
2: I wonder how Grandpa picks what he's going to hide. Because he he hid the dog pictures, which she loves her dog and her dog pictures. Yeah. And then hiding the mantle scarf. I wonder if it's specifically things that he knows she's going to be looking for or if it's just random stuff.
1: I don't know how picky you can be when you're a ghost about hiding stuff. Is it, you know, is it whatever's available? Like, okay, I can do this when this is open and nobody's going to catch me doing this? Or
2: or maybe he has a certain weight limit and things <laughs> only, you know, less than a pound he can move. Yeah,
1: after that, there's nothing else he can do.
2: I don't know. I just find it interesting. I completely believe that it was probably him that moved that to under the bed because obviously she didn't do it and Mm -hmm. why would anybody else take that and move it under her bed
1: what if you're a real selfish sadistic grandpa and you started hiding grandma's medication in an effort to get grandma to come to your side faster
0: (laughs) that's awful
1: (laughs) that would be horrible yeah I wonder if any ghosts do that I don't know Real selfish ghosts That want whoever they're haunting To get to their side That'd be the way to do it
2: You know the other day We couldn't find um, Harper's bottle Yeah The thought crossed my mind When it just seemed to vanish Oh yeah In our bedroom And Mm -hmm. there's not a lot in there For it to hide under Yeah
1: I just knew eventually We were going to smell milk
2: I was thinking, where could this have gone? I mean, we tore that room upside down and we yeah. couldn't find it.
1: Oh, today when I was uh, putting her down, she wanted to play Hide Bottle. So oh. I think she she's creating a game out of it. Okay. She literally said, you go in there, I hide bottle. Uh-huh. Like, no, we're not playing Hide the Bottle. No. Yeah. She's, a, she's a sadistic little child.
2: She's going to be hiding your medication someday. Okay. <laughs>
1: No. (laughs) She's not that. She's not evil. She just likes to screw with people. Uh, Let's go to the caller at 855-853-4802. Hello.
3: Hey, guys. This is Robert again. Um, I initially called in with my two stories about my haunted high school basement. Um, And I'm calling again because something recent has been going on in my house. Um, I used to live in... Southern California and I did theater there and that's when I experienced those two last paranormal stories at my high school and um I just moved to Northern California near Sacramento to go to college and study theater so now I'm doing that um but I'm living in my uh, dad's house right now with him and his wife And, you know, I've always felt that there was something there my entire life. I just never have seen it or heard anything like that. But, um, now I see it a lot. Like, probably every single day, ten times a day, I see this man. Um, so my my hallway is like an L hallway. And, um... My room is right at the end, so you have to go up the corridor, and then you have to turn left, and then my, my room is right at the end. So I have to um, come out of my room and then turn on, on a corner, excuse me, on a corner and go um, down to the living room and kitchen area. So I'll come out of my room and I'll go to turn that corner and there's a picture on the wall and I can see a man in the reflection standing at the end of the hallway. Then as soon as I turn the corner, as soon as I look up, it, it's always out of the corner of my eye. So, like, I can only see it out of the corner of my eye. But as soon as I look up at the picture, you know, there's nothing, there's no reflection in it. Just the reflection of the wall on the other side of the hall. So, at first I, used, I was thinking, oh, it's the weird shapes in the picture, but then I'm upon further you know, investigation, this picture has no, no round shape, no shapes that look like a person. I think it's actually just a picture of some waves at a beach. It's nothing like anything that would resemble a human form in that picture at all. And um, so that's when I see him when I'm coming out of my room. Now, when at the end of the day or midday, whatever, when I'm going back to my room, I see him again. But this time, it's, it's more scary when I'm going to my room because, like I said, my room is at the end of the L-shaped hallway. So it's kind of dark in that back corner. That's where the garage door is. That's where the laundry area is. So it's really dark back there, right, right by my room. And so I'm walking up the hallway, and in the same big picture... I can see his the this man's like silhouette in the standing in the dark, but it's so weird because the hallway lights won't be on. But I can still distinctly see his shadow and it's like his shadow is pitch black but like the area where he's standing is also really, really dark. But I can still like distinctly see his silhouette. So it kind of freaks me out. And um, I didn't really tell my parents about it because I just thought it was, like, my imagination, but then it kept happening over and over again. So I finally did, and my stepmom, she has sleeping issues, and um, the mattress that's on their bed, like, she can't sleep on because it hurts her back. So she's been, like, sleeping on the couch because they're in the process of getting a new mattress right now. And uh, she said that she woke up the other night in the middle of the night on the couch and there was a man's face just staring at her like in the middle of the air, like a young man's face. And I was like, oh my God, I've seen that guy around the house a lot. And, um, and then the last thing that I've seen, and that was, well, that, that was kind of spooky. Like that freaked me out too. But the last thing that I see is I'll be in the kitchen and I can look down the hallway from the kitchen and see the bathroom. And the bathroom's like right at the corner of the L. And I swear on my life, I always see a black shadow mask moving around in my bathroom. I can always see it because the kitchen light illuminates the hallway and the bathroom, but there's always some, something blocking light and moving around in there and I can hear it. And um, so that's what I'm going through right now. Um, it's nothing that I'm afraid of. It's nothing, you know, that's gonna hurt me or my family. Um, I'm really sensitive to that energy stuff, and I, w- I don't fear it, so I'm not really worried at the mo- at this moment, but, um, you know, just kind of something that's freaky that's going on right now. Thank you so much for the show. I love it. I plan on becoming an EPP, and I love the show, and I binge watch it, or binge listen to it, excuse me. Like, every single day, I, watch, I listen to, like, 10 episodes a day because I'm really behind, Um, But I love it. Thank you so much for what you guys do. And thanks for not making us feel like freaks that have these stories that no one believes. (laughs) Thank you so much. Have a great day, you guys. Thanks for the show.
1: Thanks, Robert, for calling in and uh, sharing your story with us.
2: Okay, so now I'm going to be afraid to look at the reflection and pictures because (laughs) I've, I've (laughs) <laughs> Been afraid of reflections and mirrors for some time sometimes, but now that's one that I hadn't thought what of. Shadows. Are
1: you gonna be afraid of the shadows too?
2: Shadows in the bathroom.
1: Shadows in general. I mean like on a sunny day, are you gonna be afraid to look at the shadows just in no, case the
2: No. But that's terrifying. I mean Well, it's just the
1: same mirror principle, really. I mean it's the reflection.
2: Well, yeah, but I mean the whole ordeal that he's yeah. going through with everything it's sure. just really it's a lot.
1: You know, if you listen to the show, and you, you could become afraid of literally everything because of all the different experiences people have in every different scenario. If because if, if you were literally to apply all of the situations that all of our callers and letters and everyone has been in, you wouldn't want to leave your room, and even then, you wouldn't be safe in bed. <laughs> There's yeah. just no safe place from the ghosts.
2: <laughs> I know. Or you listen to us enough to where you get kind of desensitized yeah. to that type of thing. It's kind of how
1: I am. It's like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. There's not whole lot I can do about it. Yeah. That's how I look at it. And uh, there you go. <laughs> so, hey, by the way, new EPP episode being released over the weekend. If you want in on that, make sure you get signed up right now at realghoststoriesonline.com. We are up to EPP bonus episode numbers Is this 20? It is. Cool. We got some good stories in that. So uh, get signed up. It uh, is released tomorrow. The uh, moment you sign up, you'll be getting uh, emails sent directly to you with links to all 19 of the past episodes. You'll get that right away. You don't have to, to necessarily wait till tomorrow. But you get another email on Saturday that has the uh, the new uh, new episode in it. So uh, check that out. It's only five bucks a month. Your support of being an EPP is what keeps our show a-going financially it's uh, it's not cheap to run the show so uh please uh allow us to continue doing so we we love doing it and uh, your support is what uh, what does just that so check it out realghoststoriesonline.com. we appreciate all of you for that support uh there you go that wraps up today's episode of real ghost stories online until next time for jenny bruski i'm tony bruski thanks for listening to real ghost stories online